Hey, nerd herders. Chris Gillespie here from Go Chuck Yourself, the podcast that you are listening to right now. It's been a little while. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, I just wanted to uh, set up a little bit of context for the episode that you're about to hear. So the following episode uh, is Aaron and I talking about season one of Chuck as a whole, uh, as well as uh, some of the bonus features that are on, included on the season one uh, DVD set of Chuck. Um, so it's it's been a little while since we wrapped up season one, both of Chuck and subsequently our our season one of Go Chuck Yourself. Uh, so the there is a little bit of, of a question of, you know, why are we releasing this episode right now? Um, well, the original intention was that we would put this episode out shortly after we wrapped up season one of Chuck. Uh, that was when we recorded this episode. Uh, there were some complications. Uh, the holidays came up. Aaron and I both got separately sick, uh, nothing threatening, just colds, and we were unable to record, so it took us a little while to record this episode, and then after we had produced it, we kind of came to the consensus that it would make more sense to put this episode out when we knew when season two was going to come out, which we've also been producing and recording. So we've been holding on to this episode, uh, hopefully if you're listening to chuck in in the future or go check yourself this will not bother you as much because you can listen to them back to back but if you were listening in real time uh i apologize that there was a little bit of delay in this episode i think this is a really fun episode like i said we go over some of the bonus features of the season one dvd set and we talk about and review and analyze the season one as a whole uh, we do some rankings we discuss some superlatives such as our favorite episode of Chuck Season 1, our least favorite, our favorite use of music, and our Season 1 Chuck Mary Kills. I hope you enjoy listening, and we'll see you back on a regular basis for Season 2 starting June 3rd. That's a Monday. Mark your calendars. As always, you can send us an email at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys back for season two starting June 3rd. Until then, enjoy this recap episode, diving into the season one of Chuck and the season one bonus features. Here we go. Chuck yourself fanatics welcome back new year new show not really it's the same show it's a new year but here we are we're back my name is Chris Gillespie my name is Aaron Arata and we are here to talk about none other than Chuck welcome it is uh 2019 now this is we haven't done an episode in a little while um we have been we're gonna be talking about the entirety of season one of Chuck in this particular episode, we're going to be giving our thoughts and recaps because in the last episode, it was Chuck versus the Marlin. It was the season finale. Uh, we didn't really kind of get a chance to talk about season one as a whole. So we wanted to do this episode to kind of just recap and put a, a nice little bow on season one and get ready for season two. Um, originally, this episode was supposed to be recorded uh, a while ago. 
Um, the plan was that we were going to get together over the holidays and record it in person as a special treat for us, but that did not happen uh, because Aaron got very sick, so we did not get together over the holidays. Uh, and then we were trying to record the episode of last week, and then I got very sick, so I couldn't record. So this episode was just trying not to happen, but here we are, we're doing it, and we're going to record it right now. Over the holidays, when you were, because you're back in Los Angeles, I'm back in New York, uh, you were in a situation where you did not have a lot of power. <clears throat> and it's, I typically wouldn't, it's not that is a very related, good transition. it's just so, it, I, you can just explain it. I think it's just worth mentioning. So I went home to Massachusetts for the Christmas holiday. I spent a lovely three weeks with my family and I was just... I was so relaxed, you know, and I was so ready to return with my new relaxation, my new New Year's resolutions, and just return to Los Angeles and really, really just live that relaxed California lifestyle. So I boarded my plane. Uh, there was a little bit of a delay getting off the ground at Logan Airport, but, you know, nothing, nothing I couldn't handle. There was apparently a paperwork issue, which apparently somehow affects planes, maybe Maybe paper airplanes have a, maybe there's some sense there. I don't know what that, but there was a paperwork issue. Eventually we got off the ground. We were, we were cruising. We were, we were up in the sky. We were cruising towards Los Angeles. Life was good. I was watching Teen Titans go to the movies. Decent movie. Pretty, pretty fine. Um, and then suddenly we, uh, there was a acrid smell one might say. That is what uh, actually the pilot said. Um, we we had to make an emergency landing because there was uh, some, some type of smell in the cabin. So we landed in Buffalo, New York, which is where everyone really wants to be at 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. The airport was closed, so there was no food, um, which I was very upset about because I had been planning to eat on the plane. And we were, uh, we were just there for uh, seven hours, I would say. Um, then we got back on a new plane and were sent back to Logan Airport, where we were told that our new plane would leave in 12 hours. So uh, I left. I, I left. And, you know, I'm, I'm still in Massachusetts. I'm not in California anymore. I just uh, succumbed to that fate. So you were stuck in Buffalo for seven hours. Yes. And then you went back to Boston and then you were stuck in Boston for 12 hours or did you go back home? I went, I went back home. I okay. went, uh, my parents picked me up. I was able to uh, go back to their, their house. I watched the Golden Globes and I got a flight with a totally different airline the next day. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I did lie to you. I'm sorry. I'm not still in Massachusetts. I did eventually make it back to Los Angeles mm -hmm. and, uh, it was fine. I watched Ocean's 8. I finished Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I started Killing Eve, which is a really good show. Just lived life. Um, and I will say that the uh, airline that will not be named that I had a lot of issues with, they did uh, they did offer some, some nice perks after they lost my luggage, um, after they uh, everything they put they put us through. They did a uh, they didn't make up for it, so even though I'm not saying their name, uh, if you uh, Google bad flights uh, over Christmas, <laughs> you will probably find an article about it, and you will know that uh, I am not talking bad about them. They they did okay, but just not on that one flight. They did not do okay on that one flight. 
I think you're really, you're under, because you, when you explained the story to me previously, and then you shared an article that was written about it, a news piece, <laughs> this flight was so bad that it garnished a report about it. Yes, it did. I think you're really underselling it, because I really think that you kind of went through like a like hum- mini humanitarian crisis, <laughs> and you're kind of making it seem like you were just like hanging out, but there was like, there was no food, there was no water, they wouldn't really let you leave the airport, there were Yes, we were not allowed to use the were, airport. There were um, there were several babies on the flight. There were four cats on the flight. I think there were two dogs. Um, I felt the worst for the animals because they were not allowed. Like they uh, they were in cages or being held, and we weren't really allowed to exit the airport because we would not have been allowed to come back in. So uh, in the article that you may or may not be able to find. They mentioned that one of the cat owners had to take their cat into the airport chapel and lay newspapers on the ground so that the uh, the cat could go to the bathroom. I don't know if this was the cat named Sports, but there was a cat named Sports, which is just a fun fact. Do most airports have chapels? I think they do, because like people got to pray before they get on a plane. Mm, especially for a flight like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have a flight like that. I know. I, I should have bad. prayed. I should have gone to the airport chapel. Well, I had, when you, you told me that you were boarding your flight to LA the, the first time and I texted you and I said, I hope you have a safe, good flight. And that was the opposite of what happened. Usually that it's, was. it's usually a pretty safe bet. You could say, Hey, have a good flight to someone. They're like, okay. And then they get off the plane. Like, how was your flight? And I'm like, Oh, it was good. But in your case, yeah. I was like, Hey, have a good flight. And I, I'm sorry. It just didn't work. I know you, I mean, you shouldn't have said anything because I think maybe that you saying that was the, uh, was the clincher that made it bad. Maybe I could have jinxed you. Yeah. You don't usually wish me a good flight and usually my flights are fine. So the one time you did. <laughs> well, you don't usually tell me about your travel plan. So I don't know when you're flying, when you're in California, when you're in Massachusetts. I just have no idea when you're flying, but maybe it's for the better. Yeah. Right. I'm going to keep it that way. Speaking, Another New Year's resolution. Yes. Speaking of Buffalo, uh, in in New York State and other states, this is the first <laughs> episode that we're recording since we uh, shared the podcast on the the Chuck fan subreddit. So there are a lot of new listeners. Maybe this is one of the first episodes you're listening to. Uh, in that case, welcome. We're, we're happy and we're really um, honored that it has received the podcast has gotten such a warm reception from Chuck fans out there. Yeah. Um, thanks guys. Just and girls. At, yeah. Looking at the, the metrics. Um, there are people downloading it all around the United States, which is really crazy, but we're really happy that um, hopefully you're enjoying it. Um, we do have a piece of fan mail. To get to. I never thought I'd have to say that. Um, (laughs) But we had one email. We got a letter from uh, one listener. His name is Joe. And Joe said he's enjoying listening so far. We hope we don't disappoint you, Joe. End quote from Joe. So thanks for (laughs) writing in, Joe. Thank Uh, you so much. I hope you're... (laughs) I, I like how we put in the qualifier at the end. Like, I'm enjoying so far. Like, we still have the opportunity to lose him. Yeah, I might not enjoy it, but for the the moment when he was typing to us, he was enjoying it. So, and it was it was great. It was uh, one of the highlights of my life. I believe that Chris said he was going to get that email tattooed upon his back. Mm. So stay tuned for some pictures on Twitter of uh, that. I'm yeah, gonna hold sure. him to that. I mean, I was considering framing it. I didn't, I don't know if I would get a tattoo on my back, but okay. Well, I, that's not what he you said. You bring it up, I'll. Did I say I'll get a tattooed on I, my back? I think you did. All right. I'll get a tattooed on my back. Hold on one second. Let me put the <laughs> microphone down. Um, 
That's my tattoo gun sound. Is that what tattoos sound like? I don't know. Um, so we got the letter from Joe. Um, I also got a verbal uh, fan letter from uh, Captain's father. Big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, if you've listened to other episodes, you know that there's a uh, some back and forth uh, with with Catherine's father's uh, relationship, my girlfriend's father's relationship to the show. Um, but when I just saw him the other day, he said that he started watching Chuck when he was <laughs> up in the middle of the night because he was violently ill and he had nothing else to do and he couldn't sleep. So he watched the first two episodes of Chuck and then listened to the first two episodes of our show and said it was okay. It wasn't bad. So if you're out there and you're you're up in the middle of the night with uh, not feeling well and you're like, man, there's really nothing I want to do besides I just you know would really like to die right now because I feel <laughs> so bad, check out Chuck and then listen to our show. Because yeah, it's maybe, really the perfect time to do either of those things. In the middle of the night while you're delirious because of a fever. Um, and you know, it we might heal you or we just, you know, might be the, the last thing you need to drain the life force from your body. So, but yes, write to us, tweet to us. Um, we are happy to hear from you and would love to hear your thoughts about the show. Or if you have any facts about Chuck that you'd like to share tidbits from your own life, happy to share those on the show as well. And we'll give you a shout out. Um, if you need a, a therapy, we, we can help write to us with your, with your problems. We'll solve them. I am not going to endorse that. So anyhow, we're talking about season one of Chuck. Um, there was, I uh, have been watching Chuck on DVD. I have every episode of Chuck is on DVD. I have the full set. I have not really gone through them ever because I, uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I didn't really foresee the advent of streaming technology. So I really invested <laughs> heavily in DVDs. So I have all these Chuck DVDs, some of which are not open, but has been my mission as part of the show to go through those exhaustively. So I went through yesterday every disc in season one of Chuck. Oh boy. Through all of the bonus features, every single one of them, no stone left unturned. <laughs> and I found some interesting tidbits, which I will now share. About oh, I'm very one. excited. Yeah, because I figured this is just like the last material we need to go through before we kind of give our, our thoughts about season one overall. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I can take you disc by disc through season one of Chuck. Disc one, no bonus features. Oh, well, that's a disappointment. Disc two, that's when the bonus features start happening. Uh-oh, I okay. Think disc, no, disc one has bonus features. I think they have deleted scenes, but I think we already okay. talked about them. Yeah. Um, disc two is a deleted scene from uh, Chuck versus the alma mater. Okay. Where Chuck is getting ready to go to Stanford with awesome but he's having like a heart to heart with morgan on the night before they leave oh that's and, something that we always need more of yes exactly and morgan is um having kind of like a, a little miniature crisis and chuck's trying to console him and chuck ends up calling morgan uh or saying that morgan is like obi-wan more grimy and he does that like in a c-3po voice so he's like save me obi-wan more grimy this is, of course, a play on Obi Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars universe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. That's fine. We'll it... move. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't sound like Kenobi. Obi Wan more grimy. It's a yeah. It's no, a, no. It's a very, very large stretch. 
I'm trying to figure out how he could have pronounced it that it would have sounded good, and I am just uh, getting the conclusion that it, there's no there's no possible way. And I think that's perhaps what they thought as well, since they cut it out of the episode. So if you have the disc and you want to hear that, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my Twitter name, Obi Wan, more grimy. Disc three, um, disc three has a lot of good stuff. Um, they talk. They have a whole section called Chuck's World, which is really just um, the creators, Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz, talking about casting the main cast and like their choices that led them to cast okay. the actors that they cast, which I thought was pretty interesting. And they actually have the audition tapes mm-hmm. for a lot of them. So you can kind of see them doing cold reads or not okay. cold reads, but auditioning. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, and they actually, the producers knew that Zachary Levi was Chuck before his audition finally how, began. How? Because he, at the beginning of the tape, he kind of like psychs himself up mm-hmm. just like as himself and does like a very, what we would identify as like a very Chuck thing of like, because he's nervous, but he's trying to be like, all right, cool, here we go. All right, here we do it. Um, it's just very endearing. And they knew that that was Chuck before he did the Chuck scene. And obviously like mm-hmm. he read as Chuck very well. But they really like the beginning part. I love that. I really, I really appreciate him. I appreciate him ever the more with everything I learn about him. And I also appreciate that he was in Kingdom Hearts 3. What? He was in Kingdom Hearts 3. He voice acted as Flynn Rider. Also, the creators referred to Zachary Levi and his portrayal as Chuck as guys find him relatable and ladies find him adorable. I mean, that's presumptuous of them, but I guess true. Yeah, a little bit. Um, there's a scene where uh, Joshua Gomez blows a raspberry on Zach's belly in the buy more. That was kind of weird. Um, then they get to the Morgan part and talking about casting Morgan. They describe the characters Morgan as, quote, screwing up on occasion, end quote. I think that's a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> they do refer to Morgan as the comic relief. Also poor phrasing. Mm. Um, let's see. There's nothing relieving about Morgan. They... Uh, they talk about how they like, quote, the whole thing with him and Ellie, end quote. Oh, dear. Um, but And they say he's the comic relief, but you uh, you start to feel for him as the series goes on. Uh, or the season goes on. I could see series, maybe, because mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen the series in a while, so I'm just hoping we will feel for him. But uh, the only thing that I felt for him this season was hatred, so... Yeah, yeah. Then with Sarah um, and Yvonne, Yvonne actually, uh, she got cast for the role within her first week of coming to America. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it was her first time in America, but she came to America for pilot season and then they cast her right away. Wow, that's awesome. She only had a two week bag with her when she got cast for Chuck. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, Adam Baldwin... Casey, uh, they were the, he was the first actor that they cast for the show because they were both really big fans of him. So they knew that they would mm-hmm. him right away. Um, Ellie, they didn't really say too much about Ellie, Sarah Lancaster. Um, they didn't have her tape and they didn't interview her. Um, so instead, they have a lot of Joshua Gomez talking about Ellie through Morgan's perspective, which is... Uh, Not, don't, I don't want to know anything about that. Um, and then they have Awesome... Captain Awesome, that is, and Devin. Um, Ryan McPartland wore a t-shirt with a gnome on it for his audition. Of course. Why, why That's would, how you know. Why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> and this was this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Get ready. They I'm were, ready. Initially, they were thinking when they were first writing the season and developing it that they were going to reveal Captain Awesome to be a Russian spy 
in season oh, no, one. Oh no, no way. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, but- absolutely not. He is amazing. He is awesome. And he needs to just be as he is. Right. So then that's what they realized while they were doing season one that everyone was liking Ryan McPartland and Captain Awesome. So they decided not to do that and just keep well, thank like God. A, a good character. I know. Is that crazy? Oh, so that means that they were probably thinking that they were going to do, they're going to reveal Captain Awesome as a Russian spy and then Morgan and Ellie get together. That was probably like, an oh, God. Yeah, you're in right. An alternate universe. Oh, that sucks. Um, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so then, disc four of season one of Chuck, um, they have Chuck versus the Giggles, which is a blooper reel. Um, oh, okay. All right. I thought that was going to be something much creepier, but that's okay. Um, so in Chuck versus the Giggles, uh, there's, I, I don't know, just like a lot of um, like what you'd think for, for bloopers. There's a lot of dancing. There's funny faces. Uh, people forget. Is the dancing lines. better than it is in the uh, Christmas episode? Yes. Yeah. I think people are more like they're actually dancing and just kind of having fun opposed to whatever they're doing in the Christmas episode. <laughs> Um, some st- uh, standouts from the bloopers. Um, s- I I thought this was Casey at first, but I'm realizing that it could have been any of them. But there's a take where they're in a van doing a stakeout, Sarah, Casey, and Chuck. Mm-hmm. And Casey pushes Chuck back into the van, and then someone farts very loudly. Like, I'm perp- like accidentally? I'm not sure. It's not really clear if it's accidental or if it's... On purpose or what that's like my like. nightmare that's why i never wanted to be an actor <laughs> they just farted yeah um, solely for that reason i feel like it was casey um yeah during the halloween episode one of the halloween decorations uh one of the pirate skeletons in the background starts laughing <laughs> during a take <laughs> so they're shooting a take in the buy more and then there's just like a <laughs> coming from the background and it won't I stop love that. <laughs> and they have to stop the take uh, there's a shot where Mo- there's uh, it's Beckman and the other guy and mm-hmm. they're on the screen and then all of a sudden Morgan appears behind Beckman's chair <laughs> eating pretzels, which was weird. The um, only good thing Morgan has done. Yeah, I was like, how did he? What? How did they do that? But I didn't know if he was like actually in the take while they were doing it or if they like superimposed him. I don't know. Yeah, so blooper reel. You have to be really legit to pull off a blooper reel. I feel like a lot of times, like especially if you're someone who's just like an amateur and you're making something and people on the set are like, hey, you should make a blooper reel of this. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be really fun. Like, it's so self-indulgent. And trust me, I know a thing or two about being self-indulgent. Hence this podcast. (laughs) When I was in high school, my friend and I made, um, we, we would always make, we were like, the cool kids who would like make videos for projects. So we had this one health project that was about like violence and sexuality and media and how it affects children. And we had a blooper reel, of course, because why not? But one of the things that we thought was so hilarious was that we had this song that had like a lyric that was like, look at the way she moves, man. And we just kept playing this video that wasn't a blooper. It was just the other, like my friend walking. And we just kept playing it over and over because we thought that was so funny in tandem with the music. And I just remember sitting in class and everyone being like, what? What is the joke here? And then somebody was like, I think it's because she's walking and like it matches with the beat of the song. And... I think about that often and I'm mortified. Yeah, I feel like I I don't remember a specific example of that happening in my life, but I feel like there's a similar kind of thing where I'm like, oh, blooper reels are just like, should only be seen by the people who produce the project (laughs) because they're the only ones that understand the inside jokes. Everything else is just not funny to an outsider. 
I'm remembering also that we made a video where we were bowling and there was an actual blooper where my friend actually dropped a like she went she went back with her arm and the bowling ball like flew out and almost hit me with the camera. Ooh. So that was funny. Like that was yeah. worthy of being a blooper. Yeah. But then we thought we can't just have that. We have to make more. So we intentionally went and like did stupid things with the balls that obviously looked fake and everyone knew. Wow, that the one time she dropped the ball looked really authentic it was just and real. So and those funny, other yeah. times they're like looking right into the camera and just dropping the <laughs> like, ball. Like, look at me do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Chuck versus the Giggles. Uh, also on disc four, Chuck's online world. Now, oh, I, I think I remember that from an interesting information. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is all the stuff that they put out for. I'm not clear what these were or why they made them, <laughs> but there's four of them. Um, there's Morgan's vlog where it's just Morgan talking to the camera for five minutes. Oh, that's what we really want. <laughs> and it's a, a PSA against movie villains killing their own henchmen. Is that, is that an issue? <laughs> yeah, Morgan perceives it to be an issue. Okay. He I mean, that, that makes like, sense. Real villains don't kill their own henchmen, but he thinks that people, that villains do it circa 2008. I don't know. There's also a section called Anna's Amazing Talents, and there's two... 30 second long clips one of anna pretending to do karate and another one of anna pretending to do um like she has a sword and she's doing stuff with a sword and pretending to know what she's doing with the sword stuff if only one of anna's amazing talents was choosing boyfriends ayo um but the last part of chuck's online world and i didn't like it while i was watching it but after <laughs> after watching the morgan and the anna ones i'm like i think i like this one the best it was jeff making an online i think like an online dating profile oh my god and he's just talking to the camera for a couple of minutes and we actually learn more about jeff as a character than we do throughout the entire season because he hold actually... on can i just stop you for mm -hmm. one second does he say i like coffee and working in the city um i don't think so okay that's a that's a shame yeah um but we do learn about other things that he says um for instance once a week he actually plays bingo with his grandmother that's so sweet um he likes animals he okay. likes likes both wild animals and like animals and zoos okay uh, he likes taking showers but he acknowledges that he tries to keep his showering to a minimum when there's a drought going on um that's what i really like this version of jeff yeah and he was just he said that he was looking for someone he was single and ready to meet someone so this is really wow all right i didn't think jeff was a catch before but i do know makes you reassess all of uh all of season one. So we're okay. So still in disc four, uh, they have some deleted scenes on disc four. This particular scene was kind of confusing. It was from the Christmas episode. Lester presents Big Mike with a, a fried fish, um, like an entire fish that is fried. Is it a gefilte fish? Um, I think he said it was sable. Okay. And he says, happy Hanukkah to Big Mike. And then Jeff gets upset because he said, I thought we were not bribing Big Mike this year. And then... Big Mike, upon receiving the big fried fish, says that Lester won't be getting scheduled for any weekend shifts for the following year. Well, we know Big Mike likes big fish. Right. The uh, Tim Burton film. <laughs> big fan of big fish. <laughs> I've seen like half of that movie. Um, I watched it last night, Chris. What? Are you serious? Yeah, it's so good. It's on HBO right now, much like uh, Agent Cody Banks and Agent Cody Banks 2. What? <laughs> Just in time for my birthday? Just in time for your birthday. I could finally have a corrective emotional experience with Agent <laughs> Cody Banks too. Once again, th hello to all the new, the first time listeners. But yeah, I mean, I would totally give my 
a boss uh, a big fried fish if I can never work a weekend shift in a retail job. Okay, and then this is I this is the last part I think of the bonus features. Um, but in disc four, they have uh, a roundtable conversation basically called Chuck on Chuck, which is Zachary Levi, uh, Joshua Gomez, Chris Vidak, and Josh Schwartz talking about season one of Chuck, and they pick they each brought certain scenes from the season that they really liked and wanted to highlight. Um, are they stealing the premise of Go Check Yourself? Uh, are we stealing the premise of Go Check Yourself? No. Well, I mean, let me think. They did say, they did start the, the round table and they said, hi, my name is Chris Gillespie. And then they said, hi, my name is Darren Arata. And then God damn it. they did Chuck Mary Kill. And then <sighs> they did interesting information with Joshua Gomez. Yeah, I guess, so, oh god i oh god okay <laughs> yeah i i guess this maybe i did watch this before and then that's how i had the idea for the podcast i'm not sure um so yeah i took a lot of notes uh it's it's filmed after they were done producing the season so zachary levi and josh gomez do not look how they actually look it, like they don't look like their characters zachary levi has a beard and long hair and he's very tan oh my god i want to see that um and then Joshua Gomez has like a faux hawk and a soul patch. <laughs> I was there for faux hawk. I was not there for soul patch. Um, and he looks like he's his job is either hunting ghosts professionally or <laughs> being in some kind of musical group that plays like garbage cans. Um, I love. I I don't know. I kind of I kind of respect those choices. Zachary Levi just looks like like he's Jesus or something. Well, um, he is. But yeah, they um, they talk about a lot of different episodes. Just trying to. See if there's any interesting highlights from that. Um, okay, the the date scene from episode one they talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if we've really talked about this at all. But there was originally another lady character in Chuck in not Lou the development, not Lou. Okay, from the very tell be- me more. From the very beginning, there's another woman. I don't. I didn't write. It's down not her Jill. Name. It's not Jill. Okay, well, who is it? Tell me she, Tell me the deets. She was a neighbor who lived in their apartment complex. Okay. And there was also supposed to be, like, a love connection going on between her and Zach, so there'd be a love triangle, or Chuck, so there'd be a love triangle between the neighbor, Chuck, and Sarah. But they decided that that was way too many love plot lines going on <laughs> through the show, so they got rid of her completely. But the club that Sarah and Chuck go to in episode one, they go there because that was the neighbor's club that she owned and managed and chuck wanted to make her jealous by bringing sarah there so that okay was well i don't like that at all club. just so, say just tell you how it was oh they actually um in chuck versus the undercover lover when they're chuck and casey are tied together in chairs and they're mm-hmm. having that fight scene in the hotel room yeah i guess they actually did they like filmed it in an actual hotel or at least an actual balcony, because mm-hmm. they did dangle Zachary Levi off of an actual balcony. Amazing. That. Um, and he was saying that he felt very safe because he trusted all the stunt people, and they had like all the protective stuff going on. But I thought well, it was that's... just filmed in a studio, but apparently nope. it was That's very nice dangerous. of him to appreciate the stunt people. Yeah. <clears throat> They're the real, More proof that he's Jesus. The real unsung heroes. I <laughs> don't know how I'd, film, or I'd record this podcast without our stunt people. I don't know, yeah. Thanks. Um, Thanks, stunt folks. You know, some people have their stunt doubles doing their podcasts, but I would never do that. I'm like the Tom Cruise of the podcast game. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what I'm going to get tattooed on my back. <laughs> Tom Cruise of podcasts. Um, before uh, in Chuck versus the imported hard salami, before Chuck and Sarah's big kiss, uh, they had the that that night's uh, set was catered by someone that makes Philly cheesesteaks. So Philly cheesesteaks were for dinner that night. And Zachary Levi just chowed down on a Philly cheesesteak before kissing Yvonne for the kiss scene. Oh, God. But he said that he was eating a lot of Altoids, too. But he just was like, yeah, chowing down on cheesesteak before kissing her. I've never had a cheesesteak. Are they good? Mm, Yeah. Would they be something that if you were kissing someone, you would want them to have eaten? Like, would it be a nice experience? Probably not, because they usually come with like a lot of onions and peppers oh, and mushrooms yeah. and cheese and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. Um, this is, I feel like this is actually like the most, not to say that the other interesting informations have not been interesting, but I'm like really killing it right now. Um, Great. Let's talk about Harry Tang. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk Tang. Talking Tang. Um, so apparently we had a few different of our own theories for why he got cut out of the show, like mid-season. Well, you had, you had some of your theories. I just thought it was silly. Okay, fine. So I had theories, but the truth is that Harry Tang quit Chuck, the actor that played Harry Tang, quit Chuck to go be on Dexter halfway through the season. So they had to write him out. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he opted into, he wanted to do Dexter instead of Chuck. I guess, I mean... Dexter and Chuck kind of have some similarities. Like, they're both about people dealing with their, well, like, in later seasons, people dealing with their, like, parents and families. Like, the, uh, they're both, uh, men's names are the titles. Mm -hmm. They're both kind of solving crimes and working with the, uh, government agencies. Mm -hmm. The, um, Dexter's sister kind of reminds me of Ellie now that I'm thinking about it. We were talking about Dexter's laboratory, right? Yeah, Edie. Is that her name? Edie? Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Dee Dee and Ellie. Same. Yep, there you go. So we also uh, talked about episode two. We didn't mm-hmm. really like episode two of Chuck, right? Chuck Me versus we were, the helicopter. Yeah, we were kind of lukewarm about it. Yeah. We thought it was weirdly, it didn't really match up with episode one or episode three. Yeah. Do you have some uh, explanations of that? I do. So wow. that was the first episode because they filmed the pilot and then they mm-hmm. stopped because they had to wait for the pilot to get picked up or approved. Yes. So when they went back for episode two, they intentionally wanted to make it more action, like conventional action showy. That makes sense. That's why they did all the explosions and like the helicopter stuff. They wanted to go really over the top action. And then they realized that they didn't really want it to be that all the time. So they skipped Mm -hmm. it back for episode three. And that's that's really interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of how I felt like episode two didn't really fit in because they didn't really, they were still like figuring stuff out. Wow. Um, Zachary Levi describes Matt Bomber as a gift from God. Literally, he really thinks yeah. like that God created Matt Bomber when he was on having a good day, and he wanted to give everyone a gift, so he created Matt Bomber. I mean, is that. that is that not the truth? No, is that something that's up for debate? During episode one at the date scene, the there's a mariachi band performing is in there? the restaurant. There okay. is. Okay. Uh, but apparently, oh right, yeah, you're right. According to Zach Levi, there was some drama going on with the mariachi band. I guess the like the the way that they were shooting it. It made it seem like someone who wasn't the band leader was the band leader, and then the Uh-oh. actual band leader was upset, and then there was like the tension going on with the mariachi band. That's very interesting. Very that is interesting. my favorite piece of interesting information. That's great because that's the last one that I have. Great. Now that we now we have all of the information we could ever possibly need to talk about season one unequivocally of Chuck, and we can assess it fully 
Uh, so do we have a little bit uh, of some superlatives, perhaps some final thoughts on season one before we get ramped up for season two. Um, so one of the things it's no surprise that Chuck uses a lot of uh, great music and Hell yeah, songs it does. throughout the series. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite use of music in Chuck season one. Do you want me to go first or would you like to go first? Go ahead. I just talked a lot about the bonus features. So why don't you take it? Well, I was fairly confident that we were going to have the same answer here just based on uh, our discussions during this episode, but Mm -hmm. I mentioned that to you beforehand and you did not seem to think that we would have the same answer. So I'll just, uh, I'll just jump in. I will preface this by saying my answer is the correct answer. Okay. We probably have the same answer. All right, go for it. Um, I obviously love the use of alternative rock and folk music throughout this show, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to have to go with the use of Toxic in Chuck vs. the Truth. Is that what you also picked? Yes, that's what I have. All right. Well, I know you really well. <laughs> um, it's it's perfect for the episode, and there's just kind of this, like, I'm sure there are studies on this, but there's just kind of this, like, visceral immediate reaction to having, like, a pop song that you recognize that you haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you're in a lift late at night and, like, Thank You Next comes on, and and you're like just losing your shit. You're like, this is my song. It's so like, that's that's just how it felt in that episode. Mm-hmm. Also, it was really relevant. But I don't think we got. Did we get the chorus? No, we didn't get the chorus. Okay, well, I so think, I mean, we didn't need the chorus though. That's true. We got the we got the important parts. I think I, I agree. I think the same reason I highlighted it was because it was surprising because it is yeah. a departure from the other music that they use. Yes. But then it would just like really fit so well with the the action and the everything that was going on in that yeah. sequence. And it was just like, holy crap, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. As we said in that episode, more more shows should use the song Toxic. Or just more Britney. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, do you have a, a like a runner up for music or I really liked um I believe it was the second episode that had uh Challengers by the New Pornographers. That's like one of my um one of the songs that I kind of associate with Chuck other Mm -hmm. than like short skirt, long jacket. So Mm -hmm. I was excited to uh, hear that. Mm -hmm. So we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Similar for my runner up was uh, Cobra style. Yeah. I I thought you were going to say that that it was in the pilot, but then as soon as I heard in the pilot, I was like, Oh my God. And that's yeah, exactly. Like another song that I just associate with Chuck outside of um, long skirt, short jacket. Yeah. No, that was wrong. Damn it. (laughs) Every time. Every single time. It's like you don't, it's like you didn't own all of Cake's albums in high school. I, I did not. Um, okay, well, <laughs> I only, I only that had makes one of us. I only had one, and it was not the one that had that on it. Okay. And then, of course, you can't talk about Chuck without talking about the titles of the episodes of Chuck. Each one is different. Each one is clever, or it's dramatic, or what have you. Or it's bad, either way. Or it's just they're bad. All, they're all something. So, uh, we're going to announce our favorite chuck season one episode title and that is well let me guess does it it begins with chuck versus we can agree on that that's so for far sure. so okay, far so cool. good so it's chuck versus the then there's a the yeah right chuck versus the sizzling shrimp that's actually not what i put though damn it okay what was your favorite episode title I would say that that was my favorite episode title for us to talk about, just mm-hmm. because this is something that I don't get to do a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to go with Imported Hard Salami, because that's mm-hmm. so clunky and weird, but it's it's just great. <laughs> it's not just imported, it's not just hard, it's imported and hard. And that's what I like uh, in, in a man, <laughs> I don't know. 
that episode title really is just the gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps yes. on giving us uh, innuendos and just uncomfortable things to say. <laughs> so, yeah. I wake up in the night thinking about it. <laughs> do you realize that you're doing it? Do you know that you do this to yourself or no? No. Sometimes. Beyond the episode titles, obviously the the plots themselves in the actual episodes. Let's talk about favorite episodes of season one uh, of Chuck. What was your favorite episode of Chuck season one? So I really like Chuck versus the truth. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I really liked the dynamic with Lou in, in that episode. I didn't love it as much in the imported hard salami, mm-hmm. but I really liked the questions it brought up for Chuck's future. I thought it was a really good Chuck and Ellie episode, and I got really uh, fuzzy feelings when Sarah lied about the uh, the truth serum. So I I'm gonna go with that. I had a I think that is maybe one of the episodes I had the most fun watching. Yeah, and I really enjoyed talking about it. So all around, good time. Okay, cool. That's a deep what about cut. you? I didn't really expect that. Oh, what did what did you expect? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> all um, right. I my favorite episode of Chuck was Chuck versus the Tango. Okay. Um, I felt like that was um, beyond the pilot. And then besides the hiccup, that was episode two. I feel like episode three, Chuck versus the Tango, was kind of like where I um, I was able to connect with the show. It, like I was able to see what I saw 10 years ago in Chuck in that episode. And I was like, oh, this is a show that really is affecting to me. So I really liked episode three. I thought it was good action-wise, and it was good drama-wise. It was good Chuck and Sarah relationship stuff going on. Um, yeah, Chuck versus the Tango. This is my I'd agree pick. with that. Yeah, okay. it was fun to talk about, too. Yeah. Um, how about your least favorite episode of season one? My least favorite episode, um, I would probably say Chuck versus the Crown Vic. Yeah. Um, it was one of my least favorite episodes for Morgan, and that's really saying something. I thought a lot of the uh, dynamics, especially with Anna and her parents, were just really weird and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really hated when Chuck was being all pissy about Sarah doing her job. Mm-hmm. I thought the destruction of Casey's car is weak, and I thought a lot of the mechanics of the episode just didn't quite make sense. Like the Intersect 2.0 at the end, I didn't really get what was going on with that. Why Chuck's flash wasn't correct earlier in the episode. How that weird missile thing works, and how it just like shot between Chuck's legs. Uh, how the, the GPS with the car works. I think there were a lot of um, holes in that episode, I guess you would say. And mm-hmm. I... Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as uh, some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, valid. That's good. What I about think you? That's definitely a, a bottom one. I picked um, Chuck versus the alma mater as my least okay. favorite, just because I watching that I had the hardest time getting into it, and it just was. Um, I felt like when it wasn't boring me, it was just like plot holes and like weird inconsistencies. And I also think that in terms of when they talk about the intersect or try to explain the science of the intersect in too much detail it ruins the intersect because it doesn't really make sense i know i've said this a hundred times on the show yes you really did not like uh psychology and symbolism no i did not like psychology and symbolism i didn't like the professor that was recording the conversation and the professor was a spy and i just thought it was all too much and i just felt like the whole episode was really slapdash i feel like well what about oasis what about don't look back in anger chris well in this case i'm looking back in anger Um, I think that they could they have done that episode could they have just scrapped that episode and just gone right to the imported hard salami and the reveal of Bryce like did they need that episode to give background to Chuck and Bryce because I don't feel like they they needed it I felt like it could have not 
existed and they could have just gone right to the Bryce reveal and imported hearts of Lemmy. I think you're right, but I didn't I didn't hate that episode. I did kind of like that they traveled and we got to see a little bit of Chuck out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um I think that I totally see what you're saying and I think that a lot of the um a lot of the things with the professor were weird, such as a, a lot of the flashbacks, just the way they came up were weird. I didn't mind the implications of the episode, but I think we could have gotten a lot of that information in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, so then let's talk about favorite episode of Go Chuck Yourself. Oh, wow. This is so uh, self-indulgent. This is. Let's do it. It's just like a blooper reel. I could... Don't test me because I could put a blooper reel out of this show and I, oh, I, Jesus, would, I have don't. way too much material for that <laughs> and I would never do that because it would be such a waste of time for it everyone It would not involved. be interesting to anyone. It would not be. So I won't do that, but we will do this. Um, what was your favorite episode of this so far? So I'm going to steal yours. Um, Chuck versus the Tango was my favorite episode to record. I'm not sure our listeners would agree, but for me personally, this was the first episode where I felt like not a huge idiot. Uh, I'm not feeling that way right now, so who knows, but, um, I'm very partial to you shouting the names of 90s child sitcom actors, so I'm just gonna have to go with that. Alright, well, I'll give you one right here. Frankie Muniz! Made my day. My favorite Go Chuck Yourself episode to record was Chuck versus the Wookiee. Uh, okay. Because it was a, a home episode for me. Because it was in your apartment. <laughs> it was in my apartment. I get to wear my pajamas for it. Um... <laughs> But also, it was different. It was nice getting to uh, start the day with Chuck. It was also the only time we've watched an episode together. Yeah, that's true. So I think I like that. It was that. very stressful for me recording that episode because I do not like taking notes in front of others because I like to pause the episode and take a lot of time doing it. But I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed it. I had a nice <laughs> time. I was in my pajamas. You were, you were fully dressed. I was you in my Sunday vest. I mean, casual. I'm usually fully dressed when we're recording, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I am too, or if we have to announce that now, thanks for setting that standard. Um, and then what was your least favorite episode? I think that is um, entirely too negative of a question and I will not be answering it. Lame. But I am still mourning the loss of my great love Larry in Chuck versus the Undercover Lover. I think what you did to me was very, very cruel. So if I have to say, I will say that one. Okay, fair enough. Sad memories. I was going to say my least favorite episode um was chuck versus the sandworm because it was the first time that we were recording Ooh. not in person and it was it was difficult and it was sad because i was like oh aaron's just on my screen right now and not in person so that was not that's really sweet so yeah that's I, so sweet yeah, yeah that's right wow I turned, took a negative and turned it into a nice <laughs> thing so you're welcome <laughs> great so with all of that behind us i think it's time for one last season one ultimate chuck mary kill Chuck, Mary kill. Chuck, Mary kill. We should have a theme song for this. We should. We'll do that in season two. Uh, Great. So Chuck, Cobra Mary style. Kill. I can't get the rights to that. <laughs> one part of season one that we'd like to marry. One part of season one that we'd like to kill. Uh, how would you like to do this? Uh, let's let's do um good news, bad news rules, and do the kill first. Okay. So surprising absolutely no one, I'm going to definitively say that I would kill most of Morgan's plot lines this season. <laughs> I think all of the character growth, which if you cannot hear them, I am putting quotes around this, that the show tries to show him doing could have been done in a better, less gross way. 
I'm eager to see if the show reckons with him in future seasons, although based on my memories of them, I'm pretty sure it does not, so that's going to be a bummer. But we're not there yet, so I won't worry about it. Um, some honorable mentions are Morgan and Anna, just all of it, and also Morgan teaching the young men of America to film innocent and unaware female shoppers' bodies. But the scene I'm going to say I want to kill the most is Morgan eating Ellie's sweet potatoes. The more I look back on that scene, the more it feels like one of the fever dreams I had the week we were originally supposed to record this episode. And I just truly wish it could remain there and not be something that aired on television or that I witnessed with my own eyes. So there you go. Okay. Killed. <clears throat> Interesting. K.O. I had this thought a, a couple of weeks ago, and it's just like a counter, not a counter argument, but just a, a question. Do you think, because we spend so much time talking about how the Morgan stuff we do not care for and we think it's unequivocally bad, but do you think that is, obviously it's kind of silly to some extent because this is a fictional show. These are people that do not exist. They're just characters and whatever is happening is not real. But so holding them accountable for that kind of thing is just silly because it's it's fake. But do you think that TV and movies or books i guess any kind of form of entertainment do they is there a responsibility of them to do what would be considered the morally right thing like should this kind of thing that they are depicting should they not do it because it's morally wrong in the real world like should should or they can they do those things are they entitled can they deviate in that way because it is fake I think that shows can definitely have characters who behave badly mhm mm but I think that there is kind of a responsibility on the shows to reckon with the things that their characters do. Mm -hmm. In Morgan's case, he is, like, as they say, he is intended as comic relief. He is intended as the main character's best friend who we care about. So the fact that someone who we are ostensibly supposed to like is doing weird things and ostensibly getting away with them, mm -hmm. I think it's just a little irresponsible. I would say that like this show did come out a while ago, so I'm hoping in later seasons or maybe just like looking at it from a modern perspective, we can like it would be nice if we could give Morgan some some slack, but I think that um just based on how things went this season, if they were intending us to have kind of a resolution with Morgan and think, oh, he's he's behaving badly, but he's acting this way because of whatever reasons. I didn't feel like we had enough. Um, I didn't think he had enough of a comeuppance, and I didn't think he had enough character development. And I think that we were ultimately supposed to be sympathetic towards him when I didn't see a good enough reason why. Mm -hmm. Right, because the there's not enough. Um, ed, I don't know if it's editorializing is the right word, but there's not enough of um a counter argument to what morgan's doing there's not people saying that this is wrong there's not other characters acknowledging what is happening is bad it just kind of happens and they yeah so yeah you're right i think i would say there are shows out there where there are characters who are bad and that is like the point and that is like making mm -hmm. some kind of comment but I don't think this is that show. I think Morgan is supposed to intend it to be funny and we're supposed to be like, ah, that's scamp. And mm. I maybe that would have flown in 2008, but I don't think it really flies today. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I think I would have killed... So it's similar to that, because I knew you were going to say that, so I didn't want to yeah. have the same thing. <laughs> um, but related to that, I think that the... Um, 
the notion that there was going to be some kind of Morgan Ellie plot line or yeah. like, romantic connection. I think I could have just gone without that. Like, there's no need for that. I think, mm-hmm. like I was speculating before about the maybe they were going to turn Captain Awesome into a villain and then that was going to free up Ellie to maybe have a relationship with Morgan. Um, God, I just, I just get I just get chills thinking about that. I know it's bad, um, but I just think that they especially because they do like with the character history and they were talking, especially in the bonus features, they're like, well, Morgan, like they all grew up together. So Morgan's been like idolizing Ellie since he was in elementary school. And that's just how he is. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think the show, it doesn't add anything to the show to have Morgan fawning over Ellie. It doesn't add yeah. anything. It could have just, yeah. he could just be the best friend of Chuck who is respectful towards Ellie and not, you know, trying to, and they, I don't know. Not to like crap on them in the bonus features, but they kept talking about how like funny the line was when Morgan says like, "Oh, you're just like a sister to me to Ellie," and then he says like, "A sister that I want to have sex with." So oh my bad. god! Oh my god! Like, oh, don't that. even remind me of that. And they're like, "Oh, that was a really funny line that really like encapsulates Morgan's relationship with Ellie." I'm like, ah, I don't like it. That's just- not a relationship that people sh- should have. Yeah, it's just like too creepy and just too unnecessary. Yeah, I just think that's. That whole thing was a, you know, I think I could have gone without it. For Bummer. Yeah. But now, what would you like to marry in season one? In the spirit of marriage, I'd say there were some great smooches this season. Ooh. We have Casey and Ilsa, Sarah and Chuck, mm-hmm. Sarah and Bryce, me mm. and Matt Bomber. You were keeping which, track of all these kisses, mm, huh? Yeah. As mentioned, I love the scene where Sarah lies about the truth serum, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to go with Scooter for my ultimate Mary. Mm. Um, We didn't have enough time with him, and it feels only right to honor him with my ultimate Mary. He was a wonderful character, gone before his time, but his presence lives on. I just, uh, I loved all the many scenes with him, such as him being sassy to Sarah in the Wienerlicious, or uh, him being sassy to Sarah in the Wienerlicious again. Mm -hmm. I loved when he said, ooh, a woman on top. So Scooter, we'll never forget you. (laughs) We'll never forget you. Seriously, we'll never forget you. (laughs) Never. I wonder when they were developing the show and they had to, like, I wonder if they just came up with Scooter, like, out of necessity, because they're thinking, like, we need a character to intervene at this point, or there needs to be someone else at the Wienerlicious, mm-hmm. or if they were thinking, like, hey, down the road when there's a podcast about the show, the podcast <laughs> hosts so desperately need something to grab on, to hold on to and hook into for commentary and comedic purposes, why don't we give them a Scooter character and they can really just sink their teeth into this minor unnecessary character. As a counterpoint, I would say that I think they came up with Scooter first, mm-hmm. and then they built the Intersect and Chuck and Sarah and everything all around the idea of that man who was just trying to hold on to his job at the Wienerlicious. Right. And he's the one they really care about. That's why he stands out so much. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of him when they realized that the focus of the show was more Chuck. Yeah, but I think the show was called were... Scooter originally. Yeah. yeah, I think they were going to intend to like give him his own spinoff, but I think mm. that the world just wasn't ready for it. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Shame. Yeah, that's good. Shout out yep. to Scooter. I'm sure we'll be talking about him more when so we much. find an opportunity. So much to. more. So my Mary for season one of Chuck, thanks for asking, is going to be more abstract. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, watching the bonus features got me thinking more about the production side of it um, and rather than the narrative side. So I think that the my Mary is the chemistry that the ensemble has, because I think these are all really okay. good actors, and I think they did a really good job casting everyone. And I think they all have this natural chemistry that really lays the foundation for the show and makes it enjoyable. Because I think if you had 
weaker casting choices or the chemistry was not there in certain relationships or dynamics, I don't think the show would be as strong or enjoyable as it is now. But I think there is a, a really, I think that's really chemistry solid. between everyone. And I think that's what that's what makes the show. I think. That's my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I think that um yeah, I think that I am I enjoyed seeing all of the relationships develop because the actors had such good chemistry together and I am excited to see where they go next. And uh, as we always say, it's enough it's enough to keep watching. So the the show did what it set out to do. And keep watching we will as we gear up for season two, which we will be will be coming out shortly. Uh, we're gonna do all of season two. And season two is twice the length of season one, so that means that <laughs> season two of Go Chuck Yourself is going to be twice as long as season one of Go Chuck Yourself. Our plan is to make shorter episodes um, so it's easier to get through for everyone involved, <laughs> um, so it's easier for us to produce, but also easier for you to listen, hopefully, um, and that way it, season two will not go by, uh, hopefully it won't feel as long or it won't feel like a drag because we'll try to make everything quicker and faster and maybe we'll have more sound effects or maybe we'll have ching 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 like that, that was a sound effect yep or i don't know what we're gonna do but but uh, uh my yeah. my main goal for season two is that mm -hmm. joe will keep on listening that's the dream joe if you're listening <laughs> to this episode hope you're still enjoying it so far i hope <laughs> maybe we're still in the so far period like you're still like all right i'll give it a shot <laughs> but uh yeah thanks joe for listening thanks and joe season two uh yeah we'll Looking forward to it. I'm looking to uh, watch all the bonus features. It's really got me amped up for, for more Chuck. I think I'm ready. Yeah, I texted Chris the other day saying that I really missed having Chuck <laughs> in my life. I I saw Zachary Levi mm -hmm. on Mrs. Maisel. It was nice to see a familiar, friendly face, um, other than all of the characters that I had been seeing in Mrs. Maisel mm -hmm. for two seasons. Um, I also, when I was seeing Aquaman, I saw a trailer for Shazam, Shazam and it was really was really nice well maybe season two will have a special shazam episode i'm, I'm thinking that's probably going to be coming on um maybe a shazam episode where we talk about the movie and then a shazam episode where we we uh just play with the app for 40 minutes that sounds I great what happens hey listeners out there go play an episode of go chuck yourself for shazam and see what happens what song comes up does it come up with go chuck yourself i don't know that would be really exciting we are on spotify now check us out on spotify if that is your preferred platform um, all right. Well, I think this is, I really feel like we have wrapped up season one. I feel like I've made my peace with season one. There's nothing else that I ever want to <laughs> say or think about season one. I am ready for season two. Uh, and on that note, my name is Chris Gillespie telling you that food is sexy. My name is Erin Arata telling you that anything is possible. That's right. And we'll see you soon for season two of Go Chuck Yourself. Woo! All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadakoa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us at go chuck podcast remember to like and subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do we'll see you next week bye bye